everybody, and welcome to the August 17th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, we got three stories for you tonight. The first one, be careful because Congress is coming after your food delivery apps. What? Oh no! Congress going after an app? Wait, is that the sound of Josh Hawley getting an erection? I think it is. I think it is. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to warn you, this story contains many elements that would sexually arouse Senator Josh Hawley, okay? And as such, it is by default a bad idea, because anything Josh Hawley would like is a bad idea. Let's read. Protect Our Restaurants campaign calls on Congress, regulators, and city governments to intervene as the Trump administration continues its all-point crusade against tech companies. Food delivery services such as Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, and CurbHub could be the next target. A new advocacy campaign is calling on the Federal Trade Commission to investigate these companies for potential violations of federal antitrust laws. How do they violate antitrust laws exactly? And by the way, antitrust laws are just a smokescreen. Josh Hawley admitted this in 2019, that if he would, he'd get rid of all Facebook. Doesn't matter if it's one giant Facebook or if it's 50 small ones. His mind, they're all bad. They all need to be abandoned. Um, because this is a smokescreen to authoritarianism. Again, in a previous time, internet activists would be literally overthrowing the government. We'd be going French Revolution on Congress if they suggested something like this. Back in the 2000s and 2010s. But you smokescreen an antitrust and anti-China. All of a sudden, it's perfectly okay. All of a sudden, it suddenly just becomes great. Who doesn't love it? Uh, the campaign has worked with several lawmakers, including House Consumer Protection Subcommittee Chairwoman Representative Jan Swarovski. Democrat of Illinois, who wants to bet, by the way, that she also supported the lockdowns that are the actual reason restaurants are struggling? Who wants to bet that? Because I should know, companies like Uber Eats and DoorDash, they still buy the food from the restaurants. Okay? They don't harm the restaurants. What's actually harming the restaurants was government demanding they shut down. But that's not being talked about, because why would it be talked about? That's government doing something. That always has to be the fault of market forces. It can't be the fault of anything besides market forces in the eyes of Congress, because the entire goal of Congress at this point, and at a point of about 150 years, has been to establish an authoritarian state. They want that. And they love the fact that they want that, and they're going to get it whether you like it or not, unless we wake this nation up. And that's what I'm here to do. And by the way, this is to say nothing of the various food companies and restaurants that actually enjoy food delivery apps, that like the fact it gives consumers new places to eat. It, but you know what? That doesn't matter to these people. That doesn't because that's the issue. The issue is competition. The issue is that there is this ability for people to compete in a free market. And they don't like that. They don't. Entrenched companies don't like it. So protect our restaurant is actually a very accurate name. Because it's not about protecting the consumer. It's a giant middle finger to the consumer. It is not about 
protecting uh, the average worker because look at all the jobs Uber Eats and DoorDash create. And I don't use Uber Eats. I don't use DoorDash. I don't really go out to the restaurants, truth be told. I'm, I tend to eat stuff made at home. I do. I do. I haven't gone out to restaurants in a while, at least, because I'm a hypochondriac, and there's a possibility that food will kill me. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, my paranoia aside, if you use these services, and even if you don't, the idea that this can happen should be outraging you. The tech sphere should be completely unregulated, as far as I'm concerned. It should. It should. And, you know, I saw in Stassel a while ago, and Reason Awesome does a series with John Stassel, about five minutes videos a week, and it was on electronic scooters. And what had happened was, they were, these were a convenient new way, they had no greenhouse gas emissions, which the liberals always keep eating up. Whoa, we need a green new deal. Okay, someone creates technology that doesn't use CO2 emissions. You know what happened? Major metropolitan areas run by liberals who would have you believe that climate change is their first and only priority and the vice because it competed with other companies. And then one of the makers said, now the only way to run a tech company is to just release things and hope Congress doesn't notice and hope regulators don't notice, hope government doesn't notice. And that is absolutely awful, as far as I'm concerned. That is horrible. That is destroying innovation. And now we live in a scenario where Congress has realized it's their game and they're mad that that's even an option. And that's really why they're going after TikTok and Twitter and Uber Eats and all of them. Not because they honestly give a shit about antitrust. If they give a shit about antitrust, there would be tons of things they'd be going after. There's only one football league. Nobody ever talks about that. Well, Donald Trump sued them. Made three dollars off of it. Three dollars. <laughs> That's the other the deal, everyone. Getting three dollars from the NFL. It was originally one. He upped it to three. That's the art of the deal right there. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact there's only one wrestling company, the WWE. Or the fact there's only one baseball company, the M the MLB. Or the fact there's only one a million things. Varsity is a giant monopoly. Nobody ever talks about that. Nobody's talking about breaking up varsity. No, instead, it's only the areas that have made your life easier that have convinced you that corporations might be good. They don't want to break up the bad corporations. Otherwise, they'd be going after varsity day one. However, they're going after the ones that are actually good because that means that you could learn that not every single CEO is a cigar-chomping, evil human being dedicated to, uh, as they were described in 1984, as capitalists were described in 1984, uh, having sex with every single woman they want to and wearing top hats and literally being human pigs. I mean, really, that's what the goal is here. And that's why you'll never see them break up the bad boys. They'll only break up the good boys. Anyway, here's a story from the local news, KTLA 5. California ban on high-capacity magazines ruled unconstitutional by federal appeals court. And of course, what they're trying to do, what Democrats were trying to do, what gun control activists were trying to do, was the Supreme Court said you could not regulate guns. You could not regulate certain kinds of guns, at least. 
So instead, what they're doing is they're is they're um, doing bullets. There was a bit from Chris Rock back in I think it was the nineties, where he said, "We don't need gun control. We need bullet control." I think a bullet should cost five thousand dollars. That's my Chris Rock impression. It's awful in every single way I know. Um, but that is essentially what Democrats in California were trying to do, which is everyone in political office in California because of how blue that state can be, and it usually is. Um, however, that was overturned, which is a good day, might I add, for gun rights. Because the fact is, gun rights are human rights. It's that simple. Self-defense is a human right, as far as I'm concerned. And yes, human rights are real for all the uh, Catholic objectivists who are listening, or I guess not objectivists, but insane people in my audience who may be listening to this want to tell me human rights aren't real. Okay. Why shouldn't I set you on fire, then? You have ten seconds. You have till I light this match. Oh, sorry. I should be able to use that as an excuse in court. <laughs> Judge, this guy didn't believe he had a right to life anyway, so screw it. Whatever you say, bro. We need to get a lobby for that. <laughs> A three-judge panel of Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Friday threw out California's ban on high-capacity mag ammunition magazines, saying the law violates the U.S. Constitution's protection of the right to bear firearms. Yeah, yeah, basically. Pretty much. That makes perfect sense. Even well-intentioned laws must pass constitutional muster, Applicant Judge Kenneth Lee wrote in the panel's majority California ban on magazines holding more than 10 bullets, quote, strikes at the core of the Second Amendment, the right to armed self-defense. Um, I love the idea, by the way, that remember, guys, we saw this in CHOP. That's what CHOP was, was their attempt to hold a revolution. And they got a couple blocks of Seattle. Whoa, boy. <laughs> You did great. You got some some of Seattle. Was it Chap or Chaz? It went by both. At different points. But I, I want to just say that was the only reason why that survived was because Homeland Security didn't bust it immediately. I think, I think about a month. And that's going to involve firearms. So the left currently thinks... They're going to hold, and we're going to get into this with our third story. They're going to hold a massive revolution. And it's just going to be by going up to people and asking them nicely, would you like to be a socialist? When no, that's never been how even socialist revolutions have happened. The Russian Revolution was 1917. That was very violent. That was, there was a giant civil war going on between Lenin and the various other forms, people, there were some moderates there, and there were czarists, there were fascists, there were social democrats, everyone who wasn't a communist was killed. Same thing with Fidel Castro's revolution. Same thing with Mao Zedong's revolution. Socialist revolutions involve a lot of violence. The Sandinistas in Nicaragua. 
They were part of a massive civil war between them and the Contras. I mean, really? Are you really going to tell me that this is going to be... No. In truth, what the left is trying to do, because they're never going to give up their guns, Matt Drudge, who I think is a complete goof, by the way, said it in 2015, why doesn't Barack Obama give up his guns? Why doesn't Barack Obama give up his security? No, instead, not only did he have guns defending him, he used drones as president. He was giving weapons, selling weapons to moderate rebels the same day he was pushing for gun control. He was drone striking children in third world countries by the hundreds before going on TV and saying Sandy Hook is why we need gun control. So what the left is actually doing is they're trying to disarm you. They're not trying to disarm themselves. Politicians don't want themselves to disarm. You think they're going to give up their armed guards? To properly quell the masses. And the only people who are going to actually have guns are going to be libertarians, which I'm fine with, and communists. Because side note, if you want to know some of the most pro-gun people I've ever met, a lot of them were communists. I'm not joking. I am not joking. I've known some pretty badass communists in my day. Feel free to clip that line. By the way, feel free to clip that line. But no, back when I was on the left, I knew tons of communists who had tons of guns. Okay? So, what they are trying to do at the moment is disarm you in desperate hope that it will lead to you just not having guns. In truth, that's going to be the revolution. That's going to be their own unmaking, is their attempts to disarm the populace. Because we're never going to stand for that. We aren't. We can see it a little bit here and there over the years, in my opinion, more than we should have. However, even with their current plan to dissolve the NRA, the New York Attorney General is doing, which, by the way, the NRA totally deserves because they're a failure of a gun rights organization. They're basically just a shill group for the Republican Party. You know what? That's going to cause more people to go to real groups like Gun Owners for America. I think that's what they're called, Gun Owners for America. And we live in a time where there are black armed militia groups all across this country in the wake of the George Floyd protests. Democrats think they can disarm the populace? Good luck, guys! Uh, actually, I don't hope you have good luck. I know the luck you'll probably get, though. It will be the opposite of good. To quote a certain skeleton who did not die of gun violence, you're gonna have a bad time. Anyway, last thing for tonight, people are mad at Justin Amash. I know, I know, that keeps happening. That just keeps happening. He got ratioed on Twitter last night um, because he said the following. Now, this was when he was accused of possibly speaking at a Democratic National Convention for Joe Biden, which, if you think Justin Amash would do, you don't know Justin Amash. That's the thing. They love going, where was Justin Amash in the Obama years? He was a leading member of the Tea Party caucus. Not the Tea Party Caucus, the Freedom Caucus. Sorry, the Freedom Caucus. 
which, by the way, is one of the greatest names ever. In fact, this podcast is now subtitled The Freedom Caucus, despite the fact I have no relationship to that caucus and think ever since Amash left, it was a bunch of stupid people. But no, he was a Tea Party guy. He was a Tea Party bro. He entered in Congress with the Tea Party and voted with them on a number of issues, on a number of fiscal issues at least. He was much more... He was pro-life on social issues, but he was in favor of, like, repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and wasn't angry at gay marriage like a lot of them were. Uh, the troops deserve to die because Obama let the queers in. You guys remember that one? I do. Anyway, he said this in response. To be extra clear, I do not support Donald Trump. I'm voting for at Jorgensen for president. She cares about tackling systematic problems in government. Trump is just a symptom. Biden won't address the cause. Uh, so essentially, people are angry. You guys ready for this? That a registered libertarian is voting for the Libertarian Party nomination. Now, in other case, would that be offensive? In what other case would we care? Well, most cases we wouldn't because most people are either independents, independents, giant quotes, or they're registered Republicans or Democrats. But no, this is different. This election is too important, just like the last election was too important, the election before that was too important, the election before that was too important. It's always too important. A little too important. You guys ever notice that? Or it's a congressional race where these candidates just don't run because you've never given any reason for them to run. There are a lot of districts where there aren't even challengers to the incumbent from the other major party, let alone from a third party. And by the way, that's what I think the Libertarian Party should do, is they should run um, in districts that are either incredibly Democrat or incredibly Republican and just run against them to start out with and then get some of those seats. Just by pointing out how the Republican Party might just be the most useless invention in the history of man, followed closely behind by the Democratic Party, of course. Um, but this is kind of the issue. And there are a lot of people replying with, oh, well, a vote for Jorgensen's a vote for Trump. Um, wait a minute. Says who? Says, well, says Biden supporters. And it's a vote for Biden, says Trump supporters. You guys ever notice how it's never a vote for that candidate? It's always a vote for another candidate you don't like. And I don't mean to get in a uh, very philosophical mode. That's one of the things that annoyed me about 2016. Remember I saw Josh Scorcher, uh, a.k.a. the Fiery Joker, post something on Tumblr and said, like, when people say get out to vote, they really mean get out to vote for my preferred candidate. And it's like, yeah, idiot. You're stupid. People prefer you vote for their preferred candidate. What do you know? It's almost like People have preferred candidates or something. No, just go out and vote for whoever. Throw a dice while you're in the voting booth. Let that decide. Or a die, sorry. Let that decide who you vote for. No, no one's going to say that. I, I'm never going to go there. I am going to say that the means of shaming someone for voting a third party is always very different. And here's my evidence. Here's my evidence. So as of right now, the argument is a vote for Jorgensen is a vote for Trump. But wait a minute. I thought the Libertarian Party screwed over Republicans in Kentucky. 
You guys remember that? Uh, when it was a libertarian candidate getting a sizable amount of votes, and I believe it was 2019. Yeah, it was 2019, I remember, because I was writing for Freedom First by that point. Um, the argument was, well, these libertarians came in here, and they screwed it up. Why can't they go to their own... Oh, they, they did go to their own party. And that party's the person who uh, they voted for. Whoops. You see, it's attacking the Republican Party. And by the way, that was after the Republican Party spent the past, what, three years? Shaming and browbeating libertarians until they just gave up? Yeah, we're going to vote for our own party. Screw you. That's what you deserve. You suck. Either run candidates that we can tolerate. And I don't mean ones like Ronald Reagan, who pay lip service to our ideology, but then go in there and essentially put libertarians into, like, a false hope for eight years, don't actually cut government, and while we're at it, also commit an act of treason. But somebody who is actually, someone like Rand Paul, if you ran Rand Paul in 2016, Kentucky wouldn't have happened. If Ron Paul had spent two terms of president, Kentucky wouldn't have happened. Seriously, it wouldn't have. Because it only happened in response to the two-party establishment. Now, I'm going to say this right now. I would prefer Biden wins over Trump. I honestly would. I genuinely would. And if you live in a swing state, I live in Ohio. The swing state, my vote actually matters. I will encourage people to vote for Biden. I will. With that said, however, I am a believer in vote for who you want to win. Not who you think is going to win and not who you want to win based off part of the ballot that you're just laser focusing on. Okay? I would. I also a believer in that. So if you really want Jorgensen to win, yeah, vote for her. You want whatever the Green Party guy name is, go vote for him. You want Kanye to win, you're an idiot. You are objectively stupid, and you should probably not be allowed to vote. But hey, you can for some reason. You know, there are some people who believe in monarchy, and I don't believe they should be able to vote. <laughs> anyway, that's our show. Good night!